I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. We get tons of questions from our website. People call us from our patients or from our live show we do on WSB Radio Sunday nights from 7 to 9 live Eastern Standard Time. And so we get a ton of questions. And so one thing I don't do is go back and answer a lot of these questions because not all of you, of course, tune into every show. So Garrett, being the genius that he is, decided we're going to do a show today answering the most frequently asked questions or most popular questions that you guys ask. So Garrett and Sierra are going to read me some questions. I'm going to answer them. And so today's going to be a question and answer session. So stay tuned because chances are you have the same questions other people have. And so you don't want to miss this because we're going to cover a ton of topics today. So Garrett, first question. Um, we always talk about seven deadly sins. So how about we start off with alcohol? And I've got a question here. Um, Doc, longtime alcoholic, just now getting sober after my doctor said that I'm at risk of liver failure. How can I turn back the clock? Ah, excellent question. Uh, first of all, if you don't know what the seven deadly sins are, years ago, I tried to condense uh, the, the habits, food habits that people have. I tried to make it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. I got it down to seven. So conveniently, that matched the seven deadly sins. And the seven deadly sins are alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. That's my whole diet. That's your whole diet, Garrett said. And all of you said the same thing, as a matter of fact. I heard all whisper out there in radio land <laughs> and social media land. That's my whole diet, Dr. Joe. I can't live without alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. I would die. That's not true. Okay, I'm calling you out on this. So there's, a, I guess, about 120,000 other foods you can eat. So there's plenty of foods to eat. So when we talk about the seven deadly sins, which we'll probably discuss many, many, many times in our careers, alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. And since then, there have been subsets, uh, things like breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas. That kind of falls under the sugar category. But years ago, if you're old enough to remember a guy named George Carlin, he did the seven words you can never say on television, which I won't say because you can't say them on radio either. Uh, and then years later, he came out with other words you can't say on television. And I remember watching the skit and he, he has this, this scroll and he throws it down. It rolls across the stage and down into the audience. And he, as he ends his comedy skit, he starts reading all these other words you can't say aside from the seven words you can't say on television. Garrett, do you know the seven words you can't say on television? No, don't say it. Get, 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 get. No, I will tell you off the air what they are, okay? It's really a funny skit, actually. He'll get up on YouTube. Um, but can't say them. So uh, when it comes to alcohol, uh, first of all, kudos to you for giving up the alcohol. I know it's very difficult. In fact, last week and the week before, uh, we did shows on addiction. And we talked about what addiction is. And for those of you who didn't catch those shows, there's a part of your brain called the nucleus acubens. And the nucleus acubens releases something called dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that gives you pleasure. And so when you do something that gives you pleasure to get this release of dopamine, the dopamine is released, it gets absorbed through something called a D2 receptor site, and it gets absorbed into the body, and it gives you pleasure. Well, the body says, wait a minute, that was too much of a rush. That was too much pleasure all at once. Something's not right here. I'm going to what we call downregulate the D2 receptor sites. What that means is I'm going to start slowing down your rate of absorption of uh, of dopamine and maybe even shut off some of these absorption sites. And so that first rush you get, whenever you do something that uh, becomes an addiction, you'll never match it again. 
Your brain won't allow you to match that high. So what you do is you try doing the same thing over and over again to try to get that same high. And each time you do it, it lowers your ability to enjoy it. So with an addiction, it's not even so much doing the act of what it is, in this case alcohol, it's the fact you don't want to come down or go through the withdrawals of being that high, and so you continue to do it, and that's what an addiction is. So whether it's alcohol or, or certain foods, uh, gambling, sex, um, thrill rides, uh, there are certain things sometimes you can't stop yourself from doing. And addiction, by definition, is if you do something that has an adverse effect on you over and over and over again. So with the alcohol, uh, you have to stop doing it. And what happens is those D2 receptor sites will actually regenerate. You can start getting naturally high again when you start coming off the thing you're addicted to. And alcohol is alcohol, but also has a lot of sugar in it. And sugar is like a double whammy for that addiction, those dopamine receptor sites. And so you got to wean yourself off those things. Sometimes you can go cold turkey, which means just cutting it out altogether. Uh, with alcohol, many times that is one of the things you have to just give up right away, because even if you give yourself a little bit, you want more and more and more. So can you turn back the damage that the alcohol did? And the answer is, in many cases, a lot of it can be reversed. So there is no, yes, it's going to totally heal. But alcohol destroys what? The liver. And the liver is the fastest healing organ in the body. So the nice part is, that, let's assume I have a healthy liver. I can donate Sierra 75% of my liver if she needed it. And my 25% can grow back and then she'd get a healthy liver and that would start to regenerate as well. So the nice part is that the liver heals pretty quickly. How does it heal? Stop poisoning it. As Soon as you stop poisoning it, the body starts to heal, but then you gotta give the body the nutrients that it needs in order to heal. So the one supplement, whenever I think of liver, I think of glutathione. Glutathione is a supplement that works really well to help the liver heal itself. Uh, we have it on the website, drjoe.com. I take it every day. Now, I don't have addictions. I've gotten over my sugar addictions that most of us have. So I've gotten over my sugar addictions, but I still take the glutathione because it's an antioxidant. It helps slow down the aging process. It really is one of those wonder supplements. Glutathione is the master antioxidant, it's called. So I take glutathione supplements. The form that we have, uh, is, is, it's, pro it's modified in a way so that it's really easy to absorb better than just taking like a pure glutathione and hasn't been uh, made to be absorbable. So I take the glutathione. Super green is an essential source. Of course, the minimum supplements everybody should take every day. Nitric oxide will increase circulation and increase blood flow through the body, including through the liver to help detoxify and flush out the waste products. And then you got to build up your immune system. So that's vitamin D and glutathione, which glutathione falls into two categories there too. So vitamin D, glutathione, essential source, super greens, uh, nitric oxide, those would be a great supplement protocol to get on. And you have to give up the sugar because the sugar is going to increase those alcohol cravings as well. And that's why I remember years ago going to an AA meeting and being surprised that they're serving soda and cookies at an AA meeting. So you really, it, it's, it's, it's changing out one addiction for another. And that's what can be dangerous too, because even though it's legal, you know, soda and cookies, still not good for you. So, um, but giving up the alcohol is a key. With any addiction, the key is going to be this, get away from it. You can't be a bartender and an alcoholic. It's not a good combination. Uh, you can't be somebody trying to lose weight who's stuck on ice cream, who works at an ice cream store. It's not a good combination. If you have friends that go out drinking, not a good combination. One of the many benefits of a group like AA is that you hang out with like-minded people. You're not going to go out drinking. You might go out for a cup of coffee, which I don't agree with either, um, but you're not going to be around the alcohol. So get away from the alcohol, the supplements, 
a lot of fruits and vegetables to give the body the phytonutrients and antioxidants that it needs, staying away from the seven deadly sins, alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. And now the body has the capabilities to get off the alcohol, start to heal that addiction. Go to the website, drjoe.com, type in addiction. We did two parts, part one and part two. Uh, we talk about the whole physiology of what an addiction is and what you need to do to get over it. So yes, to answer the question, that was six minutes ago. Uh, the question, <laughs> yes, to answer the question, can you turn back time as Cher once said? Uh, good portion of it, yes. So, All right, Sierra, you got a question for me? I do, we're moving on to the second of the seven deadly sins, meat. Um, hey doc, I love your show and listen to it on my morning runs. I work out a lot and I always hear people talking about different kinds of high protein diets. Is there something I'm missing? I know you say don't overdo it with protein. What are your thoughts? I wanna get the most out of the food I eat. Excellent question. I get this question a lot and I'm really glad you asked this. Um, can't say names on the air. Do we have, we say first names, I guess. You could say Ray, how about that? We'll call that person Ray. Ray, okay. I don't, like a ray of sunshine. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> um, the answer is most of us get way too much protein. And unless you're an elite athlete, now an elite athlete is somebody at, you know, collegiate level, Olympics, professional level, that would be considered an elite athlete. Now you can be an elite athlete and an amateur as well, working out a lot. Now you got to be careful not to work out too much because you can overtrain and then the damage uh, actually occurs. You get, it reverses the benefits that you're getting. So uh, back to the protein question, I give a whole talk on uh, exercise and overdoing with exercise. With the uh, protein, your body only needs about 8% of its total caloric intake is protein. Anything beyond that is actually toxic, can be toxic to the liver and the kidneys. And I know when these high protein diet craze came out, we saw a, a spike in patients coming in with kidney issues, including things like kidney failure. Had a friend of mine who was diabetic and the doctors uh, stapled his stomach together. He was, he was very overweight too. High blood pressure, diabetes. So they stapled his stomach together. He can only eat small amounts of food. The doctor said only eat small amounts of concentrated animal protein. Okay, what happens now? He goes into stage four kidney failure and he almost dies. His wife has to give him one of his kidneys, one of her kidneys. So too much protein can be dangerous, especially if you're a diabetic and it can create what we call a comorbidity. Heard that word a lot now with, with, with COVID-19. Comorbidity is other conditions aside from, in this case, COVID, uh, that can be detrimental to your health. And so kidney failure would certainly be detrimental to your health as a comorbidity. So I'm not saying you're gonna get kidney failure. What I'm saying is too much protein can put a stress on your kidneys and your liver. So eight to 10% of your total caloric intake, how much is that? I haven't had any animal protein in 34 years. I am not protein deficient. Number one question I get when I tell people I don't eat animal products is where do you get your protein? And I need to print up a card and just hand it to them because it's the same question over and over again. 34 years, no protein deficiency. My brain works fine, my body works fine. Uh, people think I'm about 20 years younger than I am, sometimes more. So yes, uh, lower, lower your protein is great. High protein diets, not a fan of them. If you're going to do them and I can't change your mind, which I wish I could, I would say don't do it for more than two months. The ketogenic diets, the high protein diets, don't do it for more than two months and then get back on some carbohydrates and some plants, some fruits and vegetables. Um, if you go to our website, drjoe.com, we did a show, just type in protein. We did a whole hour, two hour show on protein. 
I really go into depth as the breakdown of the protein, the amino acids, how it's absorbed, how much you need. So to answer that question, I won't answer it all today. Um, just go to website, drjoe.com, and you should get plenty of information on protein. So what are some good sources of good plant-based proteins that people who feel like they just need a little bit more can okay. use? you don't need a little bit more. But if you do, because I know, I've learned, I don't argue with women or patients. I've learned that over my years. So. If you feel like you need to, plant-based protein is the best option. Correct? Absolutely. So if you want to get high protein plant-based foods, lentils, split peas, chickpeas, hummus, um, beans, any type of beans, red beans, white beans, uh, quinoa is a great source of protein. But again, you only need about 8 to 10% of your total caloric intake. A carrot is about 6%. So you never think of a carrot as a source of protein. It's a very good source of protein. Um, and think about this. What do animals that don't eat meat, what do they eat? They eat plants. They eat grass. You never saw a protein-deprived elephant. They're vegetarians or vegans, actually. Um, you've never seen a plant-starved, protein-starved hippopotamus, bunnies. As long as there's food, deer, as long as there's food around, they're going to eat it. They're going to eat the plants to get plenty of protein. And where do the animals that you eat get the protein from? The plants. Cows are eating grass, they're not eating other cows. So there's plenty of protein in a plant-based diet, I promise you. Only if you're eating junk food, you know, you're eating double stuffed cookies or something like that, then you might have a protein issue. But in all my years of practice, the only time I've ever seen somebody have a protein issue, I've never seen anybody really have it unless they had a condition like anorexia or chronic diarrhea where they just can't absorb anything. But other than that, I've never really seen a protein deficiency. So. And then you were talking about athletes and protein intake, but what about just overall caloric intake? You know, somebody like Phelps who says right here in uh, 2008 with his eight gold medal run, he was consuming 12,000 calories a day. Sure. That's 4,000 calories a meal. Right. And five times recommended. Right. He's an elite athlete. If he did that now, he'd blow up like a balloon. And you've seen athletes. They stop working out and they keep eating like they're still working out and they blow up. Their metabolism is higher. They're working out. He probably worked out eight, 10 hours a day. You know, so yeah, he needed some energy. Uh, but again, that's an elite athlete level. That's the exception, certainly not the rule. I don't know of any normal person that can eat 3,000, 4,000 calories a day and not put on weight unless they have a thyroid condition, let's say. So then what would be the, what would be the sweet spot for the average, not overweight, not underweight? 1,500 calories a day, quality calories. 1,500, maybe 2,000. Here's the thing. When you're hungry, you're not hungry for food. You're hungry for nutrition. And so if you're giving your body high quality nutrition, it's going to be lower in calories. Now, it's not like an avocado might be high in calories, but generally fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, if you're eating normal amounts, you're going to get all the nutrients that you need. You're not going to have to eat as much. And now I know that, uh, especially for Sierra and I, Sierra more than I, when we started to go vegan, uh, there was the issue of fullness because yes. uh, meat and dairy are so much more rich, so much heavier on the stomach, so, mm -hmm. much, so many more calories. Sure. Um, what would you say as far as that switch between eating meat and dairy to not eating meat and dairy, and how should you shift your calories? How do you feel full? Um, proteins are great. So instead of having a salad, have a salad with some lentils in it or some chickpeas or some nuts or some seeds or some uh, walnuts or cashews. Um, that's going to give you that full feeling because the fats make you feel full and foods that are higher in proteins are going to make you feel full. But here's what's going to happen. The better you get at eating well, the less you're going to eat. And I do this too. Sometimes I drift away a little bit. I start eating a little too many avocados, too many nuts. I put on a few pounds. And then I really get back to the fruits and the vegetables, and I find I eat a lot less food. 
I'm eating a lot more food when I'm not eating as well. Now, I know you're thinking, well, nuts and seeds, Dr. Joe, you just said eat nuts and seeds. I know, but too much of it can put on weight for you. But fruits and vegetables should be the bulk of your diet, vegetables more so than fruits even. Um, and when you get to that level, you're going to find you eat a lot less food. You're going to save a ton of money. You're going to feel better. You're going to lose weight. You're going to have more energy. You're going to go to the bathroom better. Your love life will improve. You'll sleep better. There's no downside, but you have to get to that level. And most people aren't willing to do that. When you're willing to do that, you now get superpowers. It's pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I would strongly advise that you do work on getting more fruits and vegetables in your diet, a little bit of nuts and seeds. If you don't know what to eat, go to our website, drjoe.com, type in, so what can I eat? And we have a whole hour on breakfast, lunches, dinner, snacks, parties, raising kids, everything. And my book, first book I ever wrote, Eating Right for the Health of It, is a really good guide on what to eat. So. And if you look at our social media, we do have a few... Um recipe videos that Dr. Joe has graciously put together for yes. us. And, and in fact, I'm beating Sierra like a rented mule here. <laughs> We're going to put together a list of free foods. Yes, we are working on it. It should be done by the end of this week. Yes. And so it'll be all the foods you can eat as much as you want of. How about that? Now, it's not going to be those heavy foods that make you feel full, but if you want volume, we're going to give you volume, yes. And it's really great because you can go, oh, I can eat anything on this list. And it's a pretty long list, right? It is, it's four pages. Four pages <laughs> of foods you can eat as much as you want. So, um, yeah, I've been putting that together with Sierra, and she's doing a great job putting it together, make it all pretty, um, and then we'll post that as well. Now, if you're not following us on social media, shame on you. <laughs> you need to go to Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube, at Dr. Joe Esposito, to at sign D-R-J-O-E-E-S-P-O-S-I-T-O. Sierra posts information every single day. That's correct, right? Weekday. Weekday. Every weekday, Sierra is posting something. Then on weekends, of course, we have shows you could listen to. Um, we have over 1,000 hours of podcasts on the website, drjoe.com. We have about 1,500 hours, video, audio, articles that we've written. The podcasts, are, uh, the uh, postings are there. So if you're not following us on social media, you need to because every day, it's not, it's something you just look at. It's no big deal. We're not going to be sending out, you know, transcripts of books. Although we did that once. Uh, so, but you can get a lot of good information there and just little health tips. Sometimes it's a picture of a bunny eating, a, eating a, to, to my, my garden. So it's not always information. Sometimes it's entertainment too. So follow us at Dr. Joe Esposito on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes, more? Sierra Moore? Yes, I've got another question oh. going right in with the meat. We're moving on to dairy. Um, so we have a question from a concerned mom. And dad, raising a child, my husband is worried that our daughter is not getting enough calcium and we argue constantly <laughs> over plant milk versus animal milk. Can you help me win this argument once and for all? That's an easy one. Yes, I can help you win that article. We're not cows. <laughs> we shouldn't be drinking cow's milk or goat milk or my father used to joke around pigeon milk. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my father was quite a jokester. I know where I got my, uh, my bizarre sense of humor from. Um, yeah, we don't need animal products. We don't need cow's milk. Absolutely, positively not. Um, so what happens is with dairy products, cow's milk is designed to make a baby cow grow into a big cow. Now, baby cow is born pretty big, and it's designed to grow into this monster-sized cow, to a teenage cow, if nothing else. We humans don't need nearly the amount of protein that's found in cow's milk. And the protein is a different type of casein that's found in cow's milk than found in human milk. And the casein found in, in cow's milk, we have trouble digesting. We don't have an enzyme called renin to break down the casein to free up, let's say, the calcium, which calcium is many times bound to the casein, especially after the milk is pasteurized. So without renin, we can't break, break, out, break down the casein properly to free up the calcium. And there's also two amino acids in, in, in cow's milk called methionine and cysteine. Methionine and cysteine are acids. Your body needs calcium to neutralize acids. So A, the calcium in pasteurized milk, is many, much of it is bound to the casein. B, the, the methionine and cysteine need to be neutralized. So your body takes calcium out of your own body to neutralize 
the, the acids, the amino acids. And so statistically, you will lose calcium the more dairy products you consume. And the, the study, the, the, you know, the, the, the big study um, that's been done on this is through the, it's called the nurses study. And it's been going on for years. And what they're doing for years is they're following nurses from, from as soon as early as they can in their life to death. And they want to look at their lifestyle, see what they ate, see how they exercise, see, what, see what, how they were brought up basically or, or how they spent their lives and then determine uh, what good or bad is happening in the world. And one of the things that came out of the nurses study is that the more dairy products you consume, the higher the rate of osteoporosis. And the reason is the way, why I just explained it. Plus, a lot of dairy products uh, may have commercial steroids and hormones and antibiotics that the cows are given. Now, yeah, that's supposed to flush that out and stop giving it to them before they slaughter the animal. But still, there's usually residual in there. And it's, it's uh, high in saturated fats. And we know that animal products can increase your risk of heart disease. So there's no downside to going to a plant-based milk. Now, many times if we give uh, babies just cow's milk and not formula, uh, they may be deficient in iron and B vitamins. And so that's why I don't recommend giving cow's milk to a baby because it doesn't have all the nutrients that they need. Now, mother's milk does. So I would recommend breastfeeding as long as you possibly can, within reason. Um, I've seen some weird things in my life. And then you can start weaning the baby off. So um, yeah, there's no reason why anyone should ever drink cow's milk. I haven't had cow's milk in over 30 years, and that goes for cheese as well. Now, cheese is high in something called, milk is high in casomorphines. Casomorphine is morphine. And when it gets, when you take cheese, we take the water out, concentrate those casomorphines. And when it gets into your body, morphine stimulates what? Your pleasure centers makes you feel good. And so now you're getting high from eating cheese. And that's why people say, well, Dr. Joe, I can give up my milk. I can give up my meat. I can give up my soda. I can't give up my cheese. You're getting high from it. And it's all about pleasure in life, baby. All we are is seeking pleasure in our lives. And so that's why I strongly advise that you uh, don't, if you want to come off cheese, you're going to realize why, and you got to wean yourself off it. Now, there are vegan options for cheeses out there. Are they as good as the dairy options taste-wise? No, they're not. In my opinion, the dairy ones taste better. Now, from what I remember, it's been decades since I've had any. But... Can confirm. What? Can confirm. I, I can confirm that it did taste good. Yeah, I can't <laughs> confirm what it tastes like now. Um... And also, milk is different now. When I was a kid, the cows ate something called grass. Or now they're fed corn and soybeans, and they're in a very stressful environment. And so the milk is not the same that it was even 20 and 30 years ago. So I don't consume milk. I prefer you don't consume milk. If you do consume milk, which you shouldn't, if you do, don't. But if you do, you still don't. But if you still do, I recommend you do organic only. And if you can get it non-pasteurized, better still. Some states like Georgia, I know you can't sell uh, non-pasteurized milk. Now, you can sell it for your pets, but you can't sell it to humans for human consumption. So I would strongly advise that you stay away from um, non-organic milk or dairy products. If you do do it, make sure it's organic. Way better choice is to give up the dairy products altogether. And so there's no uh, truth in the fact that uh, cow's milk is going to give you calcium. In fact, it can reduce the calcium. It's a number one food allergen. So if you're raising your child, as this person said, many times kids have eczema and psoriasis and sinus problems and gas and bloating and diarrhea and they can't, ADD, and they can't figure out why, many times if you take them off the dairy products and the wheat, what happens is the body then is able to heal. And then, of course, you've got to give the kid not just take them off the dairy products, give them nutrients. So kids many times love Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source because it's the minimum supplements I recommend everybody take every day. And you can just shake it up with coconut milk or almond milk. Again, no cow's milk. But in the summer, I like to mix it with a frozen banana, some frozen berries. I know a lot of parents will give it to their kids as ice cream, and uh, kids will love it. So uh, Super Greens is the essential source. Minimum supplements, I think everybody should take every day. But we're answering questions about nutrition, but we also have to look at the physical body. 
If you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, headaches, these are symptoms telling you something's wrong. Chiropractic care statistically is the, by far the most effective, least expensive treatment for most back pain. So if you have a condition, you wanna come see us. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. We would love to be your doctors. So go to our website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. All the supplements we talk about are there. Uh, podcasts are there, and you can make an appointment. Normally it's 375 for the first visit. That's an exam, x-rays, consultation, first visit, and then the second visit going over your x-rays and the nutritional evaluation. We've reduced that price for the next, few, I'm hoping for the next few weeks, I hope, hope we don't have to run it much longer, to 149. So if you want to do it, do it now. And then for future treatment, we accept most insurances, car accidents, sports injuries. If you were ever in a car accident, if the car was damaged, you were damaged 100% of the time. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, drjoe.com. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.